When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. It's easy to hear your favorite artist on WFPK from wherever you are. Listen on your smart speaker, live stream from our website at WFPK.org, from Louisville Public Media. Do you read Stephen King? Good news. There's a club for you. The Losers Club. Every Friday, us losers journey through the never-ending wastelands of King's Dominion. We sink our teeth into each of King's novels, dive deep into the lore, and review every adaptation. Even better, we're always having guests over. Thomas Jane, Will Wheaton, Mary Lambert, Mick Garris, the list goes on. So what are you waiting for? Join us as we read on through long days and pleasant nights. Consequence Podcast Network. Hey, welcome to another edition of Kyle Meredith with... An audio interview series presented by WFPK, Independent Louisville at WFPK.org, Consequence of Sound, and the Consequence Podcast Network. Wherever you're listening from, wherever you're getting this series today, I hope you uh, enjoyed enough that you'll actually follow along and hit that subscribe button. We put out new interviews Monday, Wednesday, and Friday every single week, so it's a great way to keep up with your favorite artists. If you're already a subscriber, thank you so much for uh, for staying with us, checking out the series, following along. I appreciate all your comments in the comment sections of all the places you're listening from. If you haven't given this series a rating uh, yet, that's always a huge help, so I appreciate that as well. I'm Kyle Meredith. Today I'm going to be talking to the band Milky Chance. I've got Clemens and Philip in discussion about their third LP called Mind the Moon. We'll hear about the pressures of following up successful records and songs, especially massively successful records and songs as they have had so far, how the writing has changed over the years with each other, and the guests that they brought onto this record. Tosh Sultana, a perfect collaborator. And then on the other side, Ladysmith Black Mambazo. That's not one that I would have uh, seen coming. We'll get the story on both of those right there. And we'll also talk about being a global band. This album was recorded all around the world. The guests that they've got on it are from so many different spots around the globe. That Yeah, I've got to wonder, is there a statement? In a time when the word nationalism has reared its ugly head, does this record speak to something different? Milky Chance also recently did some touring with Jack Johnson, and it seems like his own environmental practices have rubbed off on the band in, uh, in how they tour. And we'll hear about Milky Change as they call it. And we'll get into the uh, the story behind the lead single, The Game. A song that, to me, sounds like it's speaking to the success that they've had so far and how they've had to deal with it. We'll get the story on that as well. Talking about this record called Mind the Moon, it's Kyle Meredith with Milky Chance. 
Hello? Hey, Kyle. Guys, it, it, it is so great to hear, you know, the third record here, Mind the Moon. You guys have, uh, you know, you've done so much in the past few years. It, it, it all already feels like, uh, you know, a treat to get a third album this quickly and, and to still be, just, you know, producing at this high of caliber. I mean, the songs are fantastic. Oh, thank you, thank so, you much. so much. You know, coming out of, you know, Blossom, well, Sad Necessary, right out of the gate, you guys, you know, find some great success and you follow that up with Blossom. And usually, you know, that's the, that's where the pressure lies on that second record to have to follow up something as big as your first one. If that was the case for you all, do you feel like it was out of the way for album number three? I mean, were you able to breathe a little bit more going into this one? It's funny because like, uh, we hear that a lot yeah. in interviews that like... You know, like a lot of people say the second one is the pressured one. A lot say now like the third one is. But actually, I think it more felt the second one was more of a pressure feeling, but also because it was just time-wise in a very stressful time because we were touring at that time, like full-on during summer, during festivals. So we like, you know, played on the weekends and then we like jumped right into the studio. So this time actually it felt way more or like way better and easier because we took one year off from touring so we could really just do one thing and totally focus on getting creative and productive and that's why it actually felt very very nice comfortable and we really enjoyed the process clemens i'll throw a question to you has the way that you're writing with each other then changed over these three records yeah yeah definitely i mean like with the first record so like all the songs for the first record i had like already written before we uh like most of it before we even started recording them and then with the second record we we changed that and we opened up the the process a little bit but i would say with the third record there's a lot of songs that we where we started writing songs together from zero sometimes just the, the two of us sometimes you know like one of us like started and then the other one jumped jumped on it and then you know it, it was it was a lot of more like mixed up, like in the process. We also wrote together with uh, friends of ours, like other musicians. So we just like we worked in a. We always tried to work. Uh, we were trying to work like you know in different ways that we used to, especially uh, like on songwriting, but also on producing. So I would say, um, yeah, it changed. And I think like with the third album. We really opened up the process. Like even like our other two band members, they were joining us from time to time in the studio, which didn't happen with the first and the second album. You know, then like back then it was only the two of us and then our producer and his engineer. So this time, you know, they were joining us and they were giving us input. And we were just like, we just wanted to get inspired by you know, all the great musicians that we are surrounded by. So we, yeah, we, we felt like we wanted to do it, do it that way. So um, we just, yeah, we did an open up. You know, so let's talk about those guests then, because there are several here uh, that just kind of pop out right away. Uh, the first one I saw was uh, Ladysmith Black Mambazo. I mean, that's an interesting collaboration party. How did that come about, and what was working with them like? Yeah, that was kind of unromantic like the modern way of of uh, having a collaboration so i mean like philip and me back in high school we were singing in a choir so uh that was the time when we got to know like their music because back then uh, our teacher brought some arrangements of them and we we were singing them 
in, in the in the high school choir. That's when we got to love, yeah, when we started uh, diving into their music and we just loved their voices and their sound. And we thought it's a very unique choir. And then when we were recording Eden's House, we tried a lot of things out. We were also like trying to record, you know, or to arrange uh, instrumental and like doing some some beats and some loops and stuff like that. But then we felt like this is not the right thing for that song. Kind of went back to the beginning of, of the production. And then I think it was, I think Phillips was like, what about a choir? And then we were just like, oh yeah, that, that, should, that, that could be very nice. That could be a really nice fit. And then we were just like, Ladysmith is our favorite choir out there. Why just not asking them? Like, we never met them face-to-face. Then we just wrote them a mail, <laughs> you know, by their management, and they responded, and then we sent it over the demo, and they liked it, and they said, yeah, we do it. And then I think uh, Philip uh, called one of these guys, right? Like, the mm-hmm. was, was he like the... Who was it? Like a member? Yeah, he is. But his name is like I still haven't learned to like pronounce it right. <laughs> so I, I, I won't. I won't try right now. But but we had a call and like I mean the first demo was already like so amazing and we really loved what they did because we we didn't like really tell them what to do. They just we just like said where we think it would fit and basically said do whatever you feel. And the first demo they sent back was already something really really good. So we just like had like I think this one call and uh, we did like some little little voice ads and like arrangement and then it was already perfect. So even though it was like over the internet, which can you know get quite complicated, you would think and like maybe also exhausting, it was very like easy and like felt like this is supposed to fit. Well, Philip, then you know when you're working, so you've got Ladysmith, Black Mambazo, like we have a perception of the sound that they make, uh, lots of African rhythms and everything. And, and even when you take someone like Tosh Sultana, who is very grooved bass in a similar way to you, you know, when you're thinking about rhythm and, and percussion, using your collaborative partner, does that kind of give you the opportunity to, to go in their direction uh, with, with how you're styling a song? Yeah, I mean, in, in case of Ladysmith Black Mambazo, it was really the sound of the voices, the harmonies. I, w- I would say less percussion because there's no percussion in that song. Mm-hmm. But I mean, they are rhythmic and they, it's really the tone of the voice and also like the sound of like how they pronounce, which is really great. And in terms of Tash Sultana, I think it was also, yeah, kind of the vibe she brings. And like, I mean, she's a great guitarist and a great vocalist. And she just also really comes from that intuitive way of making music and like jamming and so it was just like musically we could, because we also met a couple of times it just felt like it would be really nice to like work together and kind of like really make sense in the way we like do music I, i'll pull the the lens back for a, a kind of a wide scope here because when i do look at these uh collaborative partners they're from everywhere all over the world and i think i wonder if that says something because in 2019 when we get into the geopolitical side of things, it seems like, you know, countries are trying to get smaller or whatever. Is there a statement, even unintentional, about using artists from vastly different <laughs> geographical areas to build a bigger picture? <laughs> you, could, well, you could put it that way, I would say. Yeah, sure. I mean, but that I was mean, not our intention. I mean, it's nice to see it. I mean, you can see it that way. Yeah, sure. But it was not our... I mean, it's just like people that, like, 
artists and fans that we admire and that we just totally wanted to work with. But I mean, sure, it shows that we are, I think we are just like global citizens, you know, it's just like, I mean, it's it's the, like, I mean, you can tell from, from, from I think also from our, from our music, like from the sound that we had, like already from the beginning, it's inspired by so many different genres. Like, for example, there's so many people out there that always, been telling us like you're not sounding German in any way <laughs> and we were always like I mean like what what does it sound like sounding German you know it's just like I mean sure we're singing in English so it's it has an international well vibe <laughs> but um I feel like it's it's just like we're 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 children of of the globalization and we're connected you know, through the web, we're connected all around the world all the time. And we can get inspired by artists from, you know, from any country in the world. And it's just like there's no boundaries anymore. And I feel like our music is just like the result of that. Yeah. To draw that further, of course, even recording around the world, and you do, because, I mean, the places that I hear about uh, in Germany, in Italy, in Norway, and again, these are, you know, very different spots for everything. It's... um. Uh, it sounds like a really nice way to kind of put that whole world image into the music. Again, even if it wasn't meant to be there uh, intentionally. No, that's that's true. Yeah. I mean, for us, it was also like to get out of what we know, to like get out of the like of our own studio, our the room we know, the gear we know, to like get out and get yeah like inspired by an environment that is new. That but it it makes sense in, in a way that you can put it. Yeah. there like that it it stands for that and i mean you, you all also practice that a little bit too i i was just reading about uh, milky change this is um something you guys are implementing for your tour <laughs> a new chapter <laughs> coming yeah what's the what's the story there what exactly does that mean for you all we were like already for a longer time i mean since we like toured the last seven years i mean also what we are like the times we are living in we were just like thinking but we like really felt the need like to change something because we often felt bad because what we do is not environmentally friendly. So we we felt the need to like do something about it, and we know that we are what we do is not not sustainable. But at least we want to try, and we thought we just want to like have people like like see it and like know about it. So we kind of like thought we we gonna do do a blog where like people can just like see that journey that we want to like go from here i think that's important for any artist to kind of realize that and and take action how they can so you know for what it's worth i appreciate it <laughs> anyway <laughs> thank you that's thank good. you that's yeah. nice. <laughs> let's, let's start small right um i'll kind of wrap it up too with with the uh with the lead single with the game and and this goes back to what we were talking about at the beginning of the interview kind of looking at your all success like when i hear it hear that song when i look at the lyrics i do wonder if this is a song that sort of speaks to the journey of success that you all have been on for the past few years Right. Hmm. Yeah, well, may maybe like unconsciously, I would say, because or I feel like that that's just the way we work, like when we do music, but especially but or also when we when we write. I think all the songs are based on personal experiences. Yeah, that's like the foundation of it. But when we do do songwriting, for example, for this song, 
this song uh, came about, I would say, within two hours, having a jam session in the middle of the night in Melbourne <laughs> when we were uh, visiting Tash actually, in her studio to record Daydreaming. And we were so jet-lagged uh, that we just stayed up all night. And then we just had, you know, we, we, we had two bottles of wine and two guitars, and we were just jamming. <laughs> and we did that, like, four nights in a row. And that's how that song came about. And um, when we were writing it, I feel like, like first of all, we, we just went with the, yeah, you have some chords that you're jamming on, and then you have a melody, and then there's, like, words just coming out you know like like probably just because of the sound but then there's like you get stuck on on that one thing and then was like the game and then like the you know like if you see life as a game and then if we probably look back on our lives and all the things that we experienced over the last years that there were so many moments where we were just like totally overwhelmed and didn't really know what to do probably so we felt like we actually We don't know about the rules of the game, but we just, you know, we're trying to play it or sometimes we just want to play it, but you don't feel like able doing it. So um, I think that was just like the like the mood for the whole song. I would say it's not only a comment on our success, but just on our lives in general and how we felt like over the past years, I would say. <laughs> I love the way that's came out, and uh, and again, I can't compliment you guys enough on on Mind the Moon. It's been such a fun listen, uh, in you know a trio of really strong records here. So uh, once again, fellas, congratulations on this music. Thank you, thank so you much. so much. Yeah, thank you. Appreciate that. No problem, Clemens, Philip. Great. It was a pleasure talking to you today, and uh, I look forward to hearing how these sound out on the road too. We'll see you out there on the tour, and uh, and thank you so much for uh, yeah. for the call today. Yeah, thank you. Thank you so um, much for having you us. Soon, man. All right, guys, take care. Take care. Take care. Have a good night. Bye. Bye. And my thanks to Clemens and Philip of Milky Chance. Again, the brand new record is called Mind the Moon. And thanks to you for checking out the episode before you get out of here. If you're not already uh, subscribed to the series, I hope you grab your favorite listening device wherever you're listening from. That includes iTunes, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Podchaser, Acast, as well as Spotify and YouTube. You can subscribe anywhere, anywhere you get podcasts from to keep up with us. And if you're already a subscriber, uh, give the series a rating, leave a review, or just a comment in the uh, in the comment box wherever you're listening from. It's always great to hear from you there as well. After that, head to WFPK.org. That's where I do a show Monday through Friday at 6 p.m. Eastern. It's an hour full of song premieres, anniversary spins, music news, bonus interviews. That's WFPK.org. Consequence of Sound has your music and film news. You can also find me at Twitter, at Kyle Meredith, and Facebook slash Kyle Meredith. And that does it for another edition. I'm Kyle Meredith. I'll see you next time. Consequence Podcast Network. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.